Welcome to the doctrine of justification by faith through the imputation of the righteousness of Christ, explained, confirmed, and vindicated by Dr. John Owen. We will be continuing to read from page 98 for this reading. This Reformation audio resource is a production of Stillwater's Revival Books. Many free resources, as well as our complete mail-order catalog containing classic and contemporary Puritan and Reformed books, CDs, and much more at great discounts are on the web at www.swrb.com. Also, please consider, pray, and act upon the important truths found in the following quotation by Charles Spurgeon. As the Apostle says to Timothy, so also he says to everyone, Give yourselves to reading. He who will not use the thoughts of other men's brains proves that he has no brains of his own. You need to read. Renounce as much as you will all light literature, but study as much as possible sound theological works, especially the Puritanic writers and expositions of the Bible. The best way for you to spend your leisure is to be either reading or praying. And now, to SWRB's reading of the doctrine of justification by faith through the imputation of the righteousness of Christ, explained, confirmed, and vindicated, which we hope you will find to be a great blessing, and which we pray draws you nearer to the Lord Jesus Christ. For He is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man come unto the Father but by Him. John 14, verse 6. Chapter 4 Of Justification the notion and signification of the word in Scripture. The proper sense of these words, justification, and to justify, considered. Necessity thereof. Latin derivation of justification. Some of the ancients deceived by it. From just and justum, justus filius, who, the Hebrew, non-English word, Use and signification of it. Places where it is used. Examine Second Samuel chapter 15 verse 4. Deuteronomy chapter 25 verse 1. Proverbs chapter 17 verse 15. Isaiah chapter 5 verse 23. Chapter 50 verse 8 and 9. First Kings chapter 8 verse 31 and 32. Second Chronicles chapter 6 verse 22 and 23. Psalms 82, verse 3. Exodus, chapter 23, verse 7. Job, chapter 27, verse 5. Isaiah, chapter 53, verse 11. Genesis, chapter 44, verse 16. Daniel, chapter 12, verse 3. The constant sense of the word invited. Dekaio, use of it in other authors, to punish. What it is in the New Testament, Matthew chapter 11 verse 19, Matthew chapter 12 verse 37, Luke chapter 7 verse 29, chapter 10 verse 29, Luke chapter 16 verse 15, chapter 18 verse 14, Acts chapter 13 verse 38 and 39, Romans chapter 2 verse 13 and chapter 3 verse 4. Constantly used in a forcenic sense. Places seeming dubious, vindicated. Romans chapter 8 verse 30. 
1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 11 Titus chapter 3 verse 5 to 7 Revelations chapter 22 verse 11 How often these words Dekaio and Dekaomai are used in the New Testament Constant sense of this The same invents from what is opposed unto it Isaiah chapter 50 verses 8 and 9 Proverbs chapter 17 verse 15 Romans chapter 5 verse 16 and 18 chapter 8 verse 33 and 34 and the declaration of it in terms equivalent Romans chapter 4 verse 6 and 11 chapter 5 verse 9 and 10 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 20 and 21 Matthew chapter 1 verse 21 Acts chapter 8 verse 39 Galatians chapter 2 verse 16, etc. Justification in the scripture proposed under a judicial scheme and of a forcenic title. The parts and progress of it. Inferences from the whole. Unto the right understanding of the nature of justification, the proper sense and signification of these words themselves, justification and to justify, is to be inquired into. For until that is agreed upon, it is impossible that our discourses concerning the thing itself should be freed from equivocation. Take words in various senses, and all may be true that is contradictorily affirmed or denied concerning what they are supposed to signify. And so it is actually fallen out in this case, as we shall see more fully afterwards. Some taking these words in one sense, some in another, have appeared to deliver contrary doctrines concerning the thing itself, or our justification before God, who yet have fully agreed in what the proper determinate sense or signification of the words does import, and therefore the true meaning of them has been declared and vindicated already by many. But whereas the right stating hereof is of more moment unto the determination of what is principally controverted about the doctrine itself, or the thing signified, then most do apprehend, and something at least remains to be added for the declaration and vindication of the import and only signification of these words in Scripture. I shall give an account of my observations concerning it with what diligence I can. The Latin derivation and composition of the word, non-English word, would seem to denote an internal change from inerrant unrighteousness unto righteousness, likewise inerrant, by a physical motion and transmutation, as the schoolmen speak. For such is the signification of words of the same composition. So, sanctification, mortification, vivification, and the like do all denote a real internal work on the subject spoken of. Hereon, in the whole Roman school, Justification is taken for justification, or the making of a man to be inherently righteous, by the infusion of a principle or habit of grace, who was before inherently and habitually unjust and unrighteous. Whilst this is taken to be the proper signification of the word, we neither do nor can speak ad idem in our disputations with them about the cause and nature of that justification which the scripture teaches. And this appearing sense of the word possibly deceived some of the ancients, as Austin in particular, to declare the doctrine of free, gratuitous sanctification, 
without respect unto any works of our own, under the name of justification. For neither he nor any of them ever thought of a justification before God, consisting in the pardon of our sins, and the acceptation of our persons as righteous, by virtue of an inerrant habit of grace infused into us, or acted by us. Wherefore, the subject matter must be determined by the scriptural use and signification of these words before we can speak properly or intelligibly concerning it. For if to justify men in the scripture signify to make them subjectively and inherently righteous, we must acknowledge a mistake in what we teach concerning the nature and causes of justification. And if it signify no such thing, all their disputations about justification by the infusion of grace and inerrant righteousness thereon fall to the ground. Wherefore, all Protestants and the Socinians, all of them comply therein, do affirm that the use and signification of these words is forsnick, denoting an act of jurisdiction. Only the Socinians and some others would have it to consist in the pardon of sin only which indeed the word does not at all signify. But the sense of the word is to assoil, to acquit, to declare and pronounce righteous upon a trial, which in this case the pardon of sin does necessarily accompany. Non-English words belong not indeed unto the Latin tongue, nor can any good author be produced who ever used them for the making of him inerrantly righteous by any means who was not so before. But whereas these words were coined and framed to signify such things as are intended, we have no way to determine the signification of them, but by the consideration of the nature of the things which they were invented to declare and signify. And whereas in this language these words are derived from just and justum, they must respect an act of jurisdiction rather than a physical operation or infusion. Non-English words, to be esteemed, accounted, or adjudged righteous. So a man was made justus filius in adoption unto him by whom he was adopted, which what it is is well declared by Budius. Non-English words. Wherefore, as by adoption there is no internal inerrant change made in the person adopted, but by virtue thereof he is esteemed or adjudged as a true son and has all the rights of a legitimate son. So by justification as to the importance of the word, a man is only esteemed, declared, and pronounced righteous, as if he were completely so. And in the present case, Justification and gratuitous adoption are the same grace for the substance of them. John chapter 1 verse 12. Only respect is had in their different denomination of the same grace unto different effects or privileges that ensue thereon. But the true and genuine signification of these words is to be determined from those in the original languages of the scripture which are expounded by them. In the Hebrew, it is Tzadok. This, the Septuagint rendered by Dekion Apothino. Job, chapter 27, verse 5. Dekios Anathinomai. Chapter 13, verse 
18. Dikaion Krino, Proverbs chapter 17, verse 15. To show or declare one righteous, to appear righteous, to judge anyone righteous, and the sense may be taken from any one of them, as Job chapter 13, verse 18. Non-English words. Behold, now I have ordered my cause. I know that I shall be justified. The order of his cause, his judgment, his cause to be judged on, is his preparation for a sentence, either of absolution or condemnation. And hereon, his confidence was that he should be justified, that is, absolved, acquitted, pronounced righteous. And the sense is no less pregnant in the other places. Commonly, they render it dikai'a'o, whereof I shall speak afterwards. Properly, it denotes an action towards another, as justification and to justify do, and the hithail only, and the reciprocal action of a man on himself in non-English word. Hereby alone is the true sense of these words determined, and I say that in no place or on any occasion is it used in that conjunction wherein it denounced an action towards another in any other sense but to absolve, acquit, esteem, declare, pronounce righteous, or to impute righteousness, which is the force and sense of the word we plead for. That is its constant use and signification. Nor does it ever once signify to make an errantly righteous, much less to pardon or forgive. So vain is the pretense of some that justification consists only in the pardon of sin, which is not signified by the word in any one place of Scripture. Almost in all places this sense is absolutely unquestionable, nor is there any more than one which will admit of any debate, and that on so faint a pretense as cannot prejudice its constant use and signification in all other places. Whatever, therefore, an infusion of inerrant grace may be, or however it may be called, justification, it is not. It cannot be. The word nowhere signifies any such thing. Wherefore, those of the Church of Rome do not so much oppose justification by faith through the imputation of the righteousness of Christ, as, indeed, deny that there is any such thing as justification. For that which they call the First, justification, consisting in the infusion of a principle of an errant grace, is no such thing as justification. And their second justification, which they place in the merit of works, wherein absolution or pardon of sin has neither place nor consideration, is inconsistent with the evangelical justification, as we shall show afterwards. This word, therefore, whether the act of God towards men, or of men towards God, or of men amongst themselves, or of one towards another, be expressed thereby is always used in a forcenic sense, and does not denote a physical operation, transfusion, or transmutation. Second Samuel chapter 15 verse 4 If any man has a suit or cause, let him come to me and I will do him justice. I will justify him, judge in his cause, and pronounce for him. Deuteronomy chapter 25, verse 1, 
If there be a controversy among men, and they come unto judgment, that the judges may judge them, non-English words, they shall justify the righteous. Pronounce sentence on his side, whereunto is opposed non-English words, and they shall condemn the wicked. Make him wicked as the word signifies. That is, judge, declare, and pronounce him wicked, whereby he becomes so judicially and in the eye of the law as the other is made righteous by declaration and equipment. He does not say, this shall pardon the righteous, which to suppose would overthrow both the antithesis and design of the place. And non-English word is as much to infuse wickedness into a man as non-English word is to infuse a principle of grace or righteousness into him. The same antithesis occurs. Proverbs chapter 17 verse 15 non-English words. He that justifieth the wicked and condemneth the righteous. Not he that makes the wicked inerrantly righteous. Not he that changes him inerrantly from unrighteousness unto righteousness. But he that, without any ground, reason, or foundation, acquits him in judgment, or declares him to be righteous, is an abomination unto the Lord. And although this be spoken of the judgment of men, yet the judgment of God also is according unto this truth. For although he justifies the ungodly, those who are so in themselves, yet he does it on the ground in consideration of a perfect righteousness made theirs by imputation, and by another act of his grace, that they may be meet subjects of this righteous favor, really and inerrantly changes them from their unrighteousness unto holiness, by the renovation of their natures. And these things are singular in the actings of God, which nothing amongst men has any resemblance unto or can represent. For the imputation of the righteousness of Christ unto a person in himself ungodly, unto his justification, or that he may be acquitted, absolved, and declared righteous, is built on such foundations and proceeds on such principles of righteousness, wisdom, and sovereignty as have no place among the actions of men, nor can have so, as shall afterwards be declared. And moreover, when God does justify the ungodly on the account of the righteousness imputed unto him, he does at the same instant, by the power of his grace, make him inerrantly and subjectively righteous or holy, which men cannot do one towards another. And therefore, whereas man's justifying of the wicked is to justify them in their wicked ways, whereby they are constantly made worse and more obdurate in evil. When God justifies the ungodly, their change from personal unrighteousness and unholiness unto righteousness and holiness does necessarily and infallibly accompany it. To the same purpose is the word used, Isaiah chapter 5 verse 23, which justify the wicked for reward. And, Chapter 50, verse 8 and 9, non-English word. He is near that justifieth me. Who will contend with me? Let us stand together. Who is mine adversary? Let him come near to me. Behold, the Lord God will help me. Who shall condemn me? Where we have a full declaration of the proper sense of the word.
which is to acquit and pronounce righteous on a trial. And the same sense is fully expressed in the former antithesis, 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 31 and 32. If any man trespass against his neighbor, and an oath be laid upon him to cause him to swear, and the oath come before thine altar in this house, then hear thou in heaven, and do, and judge thy servants. Now in English words, to condemn the wicked, to charge his wickedness on him, to bring his way on his head, not English words, and to justify the righteous. The same words are repeated. Second Chronicles chapter six, verse twenty two and twenty three. Psalms chapter eighty two, verse three, non English words. Do justice to the afflicted and the poor, that is, justify them in their cause against wrong and oppression. After this chapter twenty three, verse seven, non English words. I will not justify the wicked. Absolve, acquit, or pronounce him righteous. Job chapter 27, verse 5, non-English words. Be it far from me that I should justify you, or pronounce sentence on your side as if you were righteous. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 11. By his knowledge, my righteous servant, non-English word, shall justify many. The reason whereof is added, for he shall bear their iniquities whereon they are absolved and justified. Once it is used in Hithpael, wherein a reciprocal action is denoted, that whereby a man justifies himself. Genesis chapter 44 verse 16 And Judah said, What shall we say unto my Lord? What shall we speak? Non-English word. And how shall we justify ourselves? God hath found out our iniquity. They could plead nothing why they should be absolved from guilt. Once the participle is used to denote the outward instrumental cause of the justification of others, in which place alone there is any doubt of its sense. Daniel chapter 12 verse 3, non-English words. And they that justify many, namely in the same sense that the preachers of the gospel are said, to save themselves and others. 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 16 For men may be no less the instrumental causes of the justification of others than of their sanctification. Wherefore, although Sadak in Kal signifies non-English word, and sometimes non-English words, which may relate unto inerrant righteousness, Yet, where any action towards another is denoted, this word signifies nothing but to esteem, declare, pronounce, and adjudge any one absolved, acquitted, cleared, justified. There is, therefore, no other kind of justification once mentioned in the Old Testament. Dikaiao is the word used to the same purpose in the New Testament, and that alone. Neither is this word used in any good author whatever to signify the making of a man righteous by any applications to produce internal righteousness in him, but either to absolve and acquit, to judge, esteem, and pronounce righteous, or, on the contrary, to condemn. So studious. Dikaiun dua deloi. Ta te kalazin. Kaita dikai on, na mi zin. 
It has two significations, to punish and to account righteous. And he confirms this sense of the word by instances of Herodotus, Apinius, and Josephus. And again, Dikaiosai, Haitia Tike, Kata Dikasai, Kalasai, Dikaion Namisai. With an accusative case, that is, when it respects and affects a subject, a person, it is either to condemn and punish or to esteem and declare righteous. And of this latter sense, he gives pregnant instances in the next words. Hasikias mentions only the first signification. Dikaiumenon, kolazomenon, dikaiosai, kolosai. They never thought of any sense of this word but what is forsnik. And, in our language, to be justified was commonly used formally for to be judged and sentenced as it is still among the Scots. One of the articles of peace between the two nations at the surrender of Leith and the days of Edward VI was that if anyone committed a crime, he should be justified by the law upon his trial. And in general, Dikaiusthai is non-English words, and Dikaiosai is non-English words. And how in the scripture it is constantly opposed unto non-English word, we shall see immediately. But we may more distinctly consider the use of this word in the New Testament, as we have done that of non-English word in the Old. And that which we inquire concerning is, whether this word be used in the New Testament in a forsnick sense, to denounce an act of jurisdiction, or in a physical sense, to express in an internal change or mutation the infusion of a habit of righteousness, and the denomination of the person to be justified thereon, or whether it signifies not pardon of sin. But this we may lay aside, for surely no man was ever yet so fond as to pretend that Dikai'a'o did signify to pardon sin. Yet is it the only word applied to express our justification in the New Testament. For if it be taken only in the former sense, then that which is pleaded for by those of the Roman Church under the name of justification, whatever it be, however good, useful, and necessary, yet justification it is not, nor can be so called, seeing it is a thing quite of another nature than what alone is signified by that word. Matthew chapter 11 verse 19. Edikaiothe he zafia. Wisdom is justified by her children, not made just, but approved and declared. Chapter 7, verse 37. Ek ton lagon su dikaio these. By thy words thou shalt be justified. Not made just by them, but judged according to them, as is manifested in the antithesis. Kai ek ton lagon su Katadikas, they say, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Luke chapter 7, verse 29. Edikaiosan, ton theon. They justified God, not surely by making him righteous in himself, but by owning, avowing, and declaring his righteousness. Chapter 10, verse 29. Ho, de 
Ceylon, de gai un iltan. He, willing to justify himself, to declare and maintain his own righteousness. To the same purpose, chapter 16, verse 15. Humes este hoy, de gai un tes, hiotus, enopion, ton, anthropon. Yea, are they which justify yourselves before men. They did not make themselves internally righteous, but approved of their own condition, as our Savior declares in the place. Chapter 18, verse 14. The publican went down, the dikai omenos, justified unto his house. That is, acquitted, absolved, pardoned, upon the confession of his sin and supplication for remission. Acts chapter 13 verse 38 and 39 with Romans chapter 2 verse 13. Hoi poietai tu numu decaiothesantai. The doers of the law shall be justified. The place declares directly the nature of our justification before God and puts the signification of the word out of the question. For justification ensues as the whole effect of an errant righteousness according unto the law. And, therefore, it is not the making of us righteous, which is irrefragable. It is spoken of God, Romans chapter 3, verse 4. Hapos on de gaiothes en tois logois su, that thou mightest be justified in thy sayings. Where to ascribe any other sense to the word is blasphemy. In the like manner the same word is used, and in the same signification. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 4, 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16, Romans chapter 3 verse 20, 26, 28 and 30, chapter 4 verse 2 and 5, chapter 5 verse 1 and 9, Romans chapter 4 verse 7, chapter 8 verse 30, Galatians chapter 2 verse 16 and 17, chapter 3 verse 11 and 24, Galatians chapter 5 verse 4, Titus chapter 3 verse 7, James chapter 2 verse 21, 24 and 25, and in no one of these instances can it admit of any other signification, or denote the making of any man righteous by the infusion of a habit or principle of righteousness or any internal mutation whatever. It is not, therefore, in many places of Scripture, as Bellarmine grants, that the words we have insisted on do signify the declaration or juridical pronunciation of anyone to be righteous. But, in all places where they are used, they are capable of no other but a forcenic sense. Especially is this evident where mention is made of justification before God. And because, in my judgment, this one consideration does sufficiently defeat all the pretenses of those of the Roman Church about the nature of justification, I shall consider what is accepted against the observation insisted on and remove it out of the way. This Reformation audio resource is a production of Stillwater's Revival Books. Many free resources, as well as our complete mail-order catalog, containing classic and contemporary Puritan and Reformed books, CDs, and much more, at great discounts, are on the web at www. 
swrb.com. We can also be reached by email at swrb at swrb.com, by phone at 780-450-3730, by fax at 780-468-1096, or by mail at 4710-37A Avenue, Edmonton, AB, Canada, T6L3T5. If you do not have a web connection, please request a free printed catalog. If you do have a web connection and would like to be added to our email list, please send an email to add at swrb.com or swrb at swrb.com with the word add in the subject line. SWRB's email list is a double opt-in list. So once you've sent us your email address, you'll be asked by email to confirm that you want to join our list using the email address you have supplied. Your email information will be kept confidential, and you can easily remove yourself from our email list by simply emailing us at swrb at swrb.com with the word remove in the subject line. Once you are on our email list, you will be alerted to all the free Reformation resources, free MP3s, free electronic books and texts, etc., that SWRB makes available on the web, as well as, at times, to our best discounts and super specials. We also encourage you to reproduce this audio resource and to pass it on to your friends. But we only authorize this as long as the full contents of the message including the header and trailer, is not altered in any way, and as long as the audio file or cassette is given away for free. Thank you again for listening to this SWRB reading. And remember that Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3 states, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. And 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11 concludes, Finally, brethren, farewell. Be perfect. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace shall be with you.